0: This is The Freelancer's Friend. Greetings if you're a new listener. Thanks for taking the time to have a listen. And if you're a regular listener, then welcome back, my friend. I'm your host, Victor Taylor, and the show is all about helping freelancers to gain lasting success. We have a variety of guests and insights into the world of freelancing and uh, lots of great stuff to help you on your freelancing journey. Remember to subscribe, give any feedback and ask anything you like because you'll always receive a reply and... Please share the podcast with your freelancing friends about this episode our guest colette broomhead helps mums in service-based businesses to cut out the noise and overwhelm and find simple strategies to achieve consistent 5k months her focus is on playing to your strengths building strong habits and keeping it light and fun with 13 years of experience in business and marketing colette works with mums in particular to create strategies and foundations for a thriving business that gives her clients freedom of time, money and location. In this episode we chat about dealing with overwhelm, getting clients, developing a better mindset, coping with family and home distractions, and other really useful stuff for freelancing mums and freelancers in general. So let's get on with it. Welcome, Colette. Thanks for joining us. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yes. Um, so I'm Colette Broomhead. I'm a business coach, and I work with mums mainly, um, and mums who have service-based businesses. So um, that's basically anyone who works with clients. So I tend to work with uh, kind of coaches, freelancers, that type that type of thing, and I help them to get more clients. Um, in a nutshell. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, You say that you you cut out the complexity and and you find simple strategies to get a a really good, consistent income. Um, Yeah.
1: So um, I think especially for mums um that's that tends to be one of the biggest challenges um whenever i speak to clients or potential clients one of the biggest things that comes up time and time again is this whole thing of time and um feeling overwhelmed you know um dealing with the kids the school run you know like sort of day to day life um while also trying to Um, build a business. And and that's certainly been true for me. And I'm actually naturally quite a disorganised person anyway. So I had to like really keep things simple um, in my own business. Um, And so, you know, I love now being able to help other mums kind of really simplify it. I found we tend to over um, complicate things, you know, when especially when perhaps we're not getting the results we want. If we are struggling to get clients, um, our instinct tends to be to add complexity and like maybe I'll try this and I'll try this and if I add this um, and actually more often than not it's the opposite that we need to be doing and kind of scaling back and just sort of focusing on a few core things.
0: And mm-hmm. uh, So they have a lot of things going on naturally as you say having a family and children Um, um out of all that what do you find um, freelancing mums find the most difficult part of running a business?
1: So I think one of the biggest things, so other than the kind of the the simplifying, I mean, um, that probably actually is one of the most common pieces of, of, of advice I'll give. Like when I talk to someone for the first time, Um, I think and this isn't necessarily just a mum thing either this I think this is actually an entrepreneurial thing that we come into this with tons of ideas. We tend to be, you know, full of ideas, full of projects, full of things we want to do. Um, We have this thing that we want to help as many people as possible with. Um, And so um, it's this thing of like trying to do everything at once. And then when you add that to the fact that when you look online, there are so many people out there telling you you've got to be doing this. You got, you know, you've got to be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You've got to be on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You've got to be on Clubhouse now and TikTok, and you've got to be doing Reels on Instagram and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's very you, overwhelming. Yeah, totally. And so, um, and again, it's this this kind of instinct that we have that. If we cut any of that stuff out, we're going to damage our business. You know, if I'm not everywhere, I'm going to be missing out on potential clients. And so it's kind of helping people see that actually by kind of scaling that stuff back, by starting with a few core things, I kind of have a framework that I tend to work with people on um, that helps people to kind of cut out the noise um, and um, focus on the few key activities that are actually going to make the difference in their business um, so um, yeah, I mean the, the the kind of complexity one is a big one, you know, um, about helping people really find some focus and 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 not necessarily do the things that everyone else is doing. Like I'm really big on um, building a business that feels right to you. Um, so um, for me, that's about kind of values and personality because a lot of the stuff that people are doing, especially online. Um, isn't going to feel comfortable to everyone, um, and that when I say that I'm talking about the kind of visibility tactics. So things like reels, like TikTok, um, you know, that's not going to be for everyone. And I think to a certain extent, some people come into business feeling like almost pressured, like they need to be doing those things if they're gonna kind of stay on top or if they're gonna, you know, um even like come across as credible. Uh, and of course that's not true. So it's kind of helping people find the right way for them, for their personality um, and for their values as well. I'm I'm really big on kind of really building in your values to your business and kind of building a business around what those values are. Because I think a lot of that ick factor that sometimes comes with um, like online visibility and certainly with online sales happens when we 're doing that stuff outside of our values um, so can, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is 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 what I work with um people on
0: so you need to make sure things are in line with your values um, and and cut back not be uh, so determined to do absolutely everything that you believe that you might need to do uh, there 's a lot of a conflicting information of what you should be doing and uh, do you have a kind of place to start where you can begin to um stand back and start to focus on what what you actually need to do
1: yeah so um, as I mentioned I have this kind of framework so usually um when I start working with someone we kind of we go back and, and, and basically the framework allows you to kind of highlight the, the key things um that you need to be focusing on your business so that you kind of can cut out the other stuff. So for me the first place to start um, whether you're just getting it started in business or whether you've actually had a business for a while but perhaps you're not getting the results that you want is your messaging. And, and when I say messaging, I think I think messaging tends to be one of those slightly fluffy, jargony kind of marketing terms where perhaps people, you know we don't really know what it actually means. But when I say messaging, what I mean by messaging um, is kind of three core pieces of information that as a business owner, you need to be really clear on first of all um, and you then need to make it really clear to your audience and to those you're speaking to. So those three pieces of information are who who am I here to serve? So essentially who is my ideal client? Who is it that I want to go out and find and bring into my audience and actually work with as a client? Um, so that's kind of first and foremost. Um, secondly what what is it that I'm helping them with? So you know what are the results that I'm helping them achieve with whatever my my as I say I, I work with service based businesses so whatever my service is, um, and then thirdly why should they work with me? Um, you know what makes me um, someone to choose over someone else who does something similar. And I think those are three really really kind of fundamental things to get clear on, um, and to make sure that those things are really clear. You know, in all of your kind of content, or you know, wherever you are being visible, because um, ultimately, if people don't know that you're talking to them, they're not going to hang around and listen. Um, so, um, and and also, it kind of shapes everything else that you d- you're doing in your business. You know, the offers that you're creating. You know, the ser- you know, um, the service that you're providing should all be you know rooted in. Um, who it is you're trying to help what it is you're trying to help them with um, and then bringing you into that to, to make it sort of stand out to make it be different um, so that's the first thing usually as I say well if I'm working with clients more often than not that's the first thing we do and um, whether they've just started in business or whether they've been in business for a few years um, it tends to always come back to let's get you know let's get some real clarity on that um, the second thing um, is the offer itself. <laughs> um, so for me, um, I have found and t- t- tend to recommend um, that a good place to start. Um, is a kind of core offer, like a higher ticket signature offer, I always slightly hesitate with saying high ticket, because I think that tends to bring to mind like super expensive. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. When I say high ticket, I just mean, this would be your core, probably most expensive offer. Um, But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like 1000s and 1000s or whatever. Um, But um, for me, that's a great place to start. And the reason for that, Um, Well, there's a few reasons. One, one of those reasons is, um, obviously, when you're in the earlier days of your business, um, you don't necessarily have a big audience yet. Um, And so if you're going to hit your income goals, it makes more sense to be selling a fewer number of a a higher ticket offer than trying to sell, you know, lots and lots of of lower Hmm. ticket offers. Um, So that's one reason. It it makes it much easier to actually hit your income goals. And I often get a bit of resistance when I say that, because I think um, people tend to um, assume or believe that it's easier to sell something cheaper than it is to sell something higher cost. Um, and I really like don't believe that's true and, and haven't found that to be true in my own experience. Um, often we blame the price when we can't sell something, but very rarely is it the price that's the problem. Usually it's the messaging, um, it's you know the offer itself, you know, isn't what people want. Um and you know, there's other stuff at play. It's very rarely the price. If you have created something of value that people want, you know, people will pay for it. So that's the other thing, getting, yeah, so getting an offer together, as I say, generally speaking, um, I would get people to focus on a higher ticket sort of core offer first. Um, And and in in the spirit of keeping things simple, um, just that offer until that's established um until people have got confidence and pe- you know there's consistent income coming in and then you know if people want to then start to add in um, ad- additional offers you know long term you might want to have like a kind of scale of offers that you can you can um work with people on um so this that's the second one the third thing is audience um so you know once you've got your messaging once you've got your offer you obviously want an audience to sell it to um, so um, this kind of um, takes you to the, the like the customer journey so like, like there's all these kind of marketing jargony terms like customer journey sales funnel and all of this kind of stuff and essentially all it is is the steps that you kind of need to take people through in order to get them to the point where they're ready to buy um so I tend to, co- to call it the customer journey because I like the idea that it is a journey you're taking people on so I tend to refer to it as customer of a journey but it's essentially a sales funnel or you know all of these things basically mean the same thing um so the first step of that is you have, you know, people need to know that you exist. So you need to have some kind of strategy in your business um, that allows you to reach your ideal clients who you you now know who those people are, because you've worked on your messaging. Um, and, you know, let them know, hey, I'm here, I, you know, I, I can help you with this. Um, so so that needs to be uh, there needs to be something in place to help you with that. So um, and I like I'm not I'm gonna ever say to someone you should be doing you know you should have a Facebook page or you should have an Instagram account because again go you know for me it's about where you feel most comfortable but any of those things of course can help you build and build an audience so so I would look at you know at um you know um again, where they feel most comfortable, perhaps where they already have an audience that they've been growing, um, and sort of see what makes sense. Now, social media, of course, isn't the only place where we can we can reach people. Um, There are lots of other ways we can we can reach new people. So there's things like networking, maybe now we can start to gradually get into more like um, face to face networking. but But even then, there's still online networking, you know, you can network Um, on LinkedIn, you can network in Facebook groups and all sorts of places like that. Um, I'm a big fan of guest content, actually, as well, for reaching new people and reaching... Um, you know, bringing people into your audience. So things like uh, being a guest on someone's podcast, um, you know, writing guest blogs for people, doing guest Facebook lives and people's groups um, are all really good ways of getting yourself out there in front of mm. your, you know, people who don't know you exist yet um, and, mm. and getting that audience growth going. Um, and they tend to be kind of faster ways as well. Um, there's stuff like blogging and all of that kind of stuff, which is great long-term strategies, but they tend to take a while to get going. Um, I have a blog that I started about four years ago when I first started my business. Um, And at that time, I was writing a blog post every single week, religiously. Um, And, you know, it was a few hours work every week, you know, planning it, writing it, getting the graphics together, publishing it and all of this kind of stuff. Um, And I was getting very little in return at the time, you know, like a few views. It was painful, you know, it felt like wading through mud. Um, But now, I I mean, I, I haven't actually written... A regular blog post now for a good couple of years I've built up a bank of about 100 posts on my website um, and I like I, I intend to go back because I actually love writing posts but at the moment I, you know it hasn't been a priority but I still now get people coming into my audience every day As a result of those posts that I wrote four years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's a great long term strategy. But I think um, people need to build in long and short term strategies, because if you just have those long term strategies, it could feel really demotivating at first because you're just not seeing the results yet. Um, So it's good to have that mix. Whereas if you're just doing the short term strategies, it's kind of quite... You get get the results quickly, but they don't last very long. Like, you know, um, being a guest on someone's podcast might give you a little rush of new people into your audience, but then that will stop fairly quickly, Um, whereas a blog post will just continue nice and consistently on and on and on. Um, So, yeah, so that's audience growth. Um, Next, relationship building. Um, And, you know, once you've got this audience, um, it's about kind of um, actually turning them into, like, connections and helping them to get to know you. You know, someone's not going to work with you. Someone's not going to buy from you until they, you know, unless they feel like they've got some kind of connection with you. And this is is more true in a service-based industry. Obviously, with products, it's slightly different. But in a service-based industry, you know, essentially you are the product. And so people need to feel a connection with you. They need to feel like they can trust you with their money, that they trust that you're actually going to be able to deliver on the result that you're saying you are. Um, and so, you again, you need to have something in place that's going to do that. That's help going to help you build those relationships. Um, so, um, again, like while I would never like say you should have this, you should do that. My personal favourites, the, the ones that I use in my own business, are an email list um, and a Facebook group. Um, I love a Facebook group because it helps really build that kind of community vibe. Um, and um, it's a great place for kind of building relationships and, and sort of getting to know people and then getting to know you. Um, and I love an email list because, um, you know, you're showing up regularly in someone's inbox and there's something personal about that. And there's something, you know, it means that when they, even if they don't need your service now, You'll be front of mind. If you if you've been providing valuable content to them in their inbox that they enjoy that they look forward to, um, then you're going to be front of mind when they need that service that you offer. Um, so those are my favorites, but there's again there's tons of ways you can do it. And then lastly, is you know, you, you've got those people in your audience, you've built those relationships, you now need to convert them into actual paying um, customers. Um, and so that's all about um, how to Turn that audience. You know how to have sales conversations. Um, what? How to how to um, create those sales conversations? You know, it might be a discovery call. It might be getting people to send you a message. Um, it might be creating a sales page and having having someone go to a sales page.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so again,
1: it's kind of looking at what works best for people. Um, potentially testing different mm-hmm. ways um, and actually developing sales as a skill um so often i hear people say you know oh i'm rubbish at sales or oh i'm not a natural sales person and all of this kind of stuff um, i don't yeah i don't think many people are natural sales people it's a skill that you develop that you practice it's like you know riding a bike playing a musical instrument um, and I think we tend to sometimes think of sales as more of a like a personality trait, um, and you know, I don't think it is. I think it's just a skill. And if you want to get good at it, you study it, you practice it, um, and you you know you hone that skill. Um, and I'm a big believer in service and sales through service. So um, going back to what I said at the start around this kind of ickiness factor um, with a lot of the, you know, the the, the stuff that comes with, with selling and or, you know, promoting yourself online or anything like that. Um, I think that that tends to come from um, a lack of alignment with our values. Now, there are tons of ways to sell you know, ethically, there are tons of ways to sell in a values led way. There are also, you know, sleazy, horrible sales tactics out there that I'm sure we've all seen. But you don't have to use those tactics. And I think we've, to a certain extent, kind of targed the whole of sales with that brush so that now all sales somehow feels like it's wrong or greedy or icky. And I think this is particularly true, actually, with women and with mums. We tend to see it as um you know a bit aggressive a bit you know a bit pushy like greedy i shouldn't be asking money for this you know um
0: i was going to ask you do i was going to ask you do you you help men too and do you see many differences between uh, men and women when it comes to running their business
1: so um i not so much these days i like um my um my target audience are mums. Um, but if you know, if, if a if a if a non-mum or a guy or anyone, you know, came and said or said that they were interested in working with, if I thought it was a good fit, I absolutely would. Um I haven't really I've I've I have i i have not worked one-to-one with any men. Um so anything I would say would be purely sort of um just sort of observational. Um but um I it tends to be, I think women. so getting a bit deep here women like in society are almost kind of brought up to be society's nurturers you know we are um brought up to to help um, and so there's this real kind of barrier when it comes to charging for that, um especially when it comes to charging for something we enjoy doing and I'm not saying this doesn't happen with men at all like I'm sure it does, I'm sure it does um, but I've really, really seen it with women and i and I can often see it sort of linked back to this thing around well. You know, I'm meant to help people. I'm meant to look after people, um, and the, and this kind of nurturing thing that it, you know it doesn't seem it doesn't seem sort of seem right, and and especially when the service is more of a nurturing type service as well. Um, you know, um, that that tends that tends to often be the case where people don't feel right about asking for money sometimes at all, um, or you know they're so determined to the the idea of um, pricing cheaply is seen as kind. Um, whereas pricing expensively is seen as unkind, and there's a kind of a lot of kind of unpicking that has to be done there, and and you know flipping that on its head, and actually you know how kind it is, is it if you're charging so little that you go out of business and then you can't serve anyone, you know. Whereas if you if you're creating a successful business where you're you know where you have some wealth. You know, you can actually do a substantial amount of good with that wealth. So again, it's this idea. You know, just as I was saying about how sales is often seen as bad, um, I think money is as well. And that, and there's this sort of belief that you know, if I, if I. Um, become rich that will make me a bad person or you know you know if i somehow that makes me greedy whereas actually of course again money like sales is neither good nor bad it's what we choose to do with it that can be good or bad and of course you can Mm -hmm. choose to do huge amounts of good um with with Mm. wealth um so there's a lot of that mindset Mm. stuff that we have to uh, work on as well Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: so yeah so i mean mindset is the final part of that framework so we the, the framework that i um tend to kind of go go through with all of my clients is is um first the messaging, then the offer, um, the, the whole kind of customer journey, which is the audience building, the relationship building, um the kind of um the sales element, and then wrapped around all of that is mindset. For me, Mindset is actually more important than strategy. Um, th- this whole thing around um, kind of self-belief, This go, <laughs> coming back full circle to your first question about what do you find is the biggest challenge? I mean, um, simplicity, of course, was one. But actually, self-belief is another one that comes up time and time and time again. Um, I ask, um, when I have a discovery call with someone, I always ask them, we talk about, you know, where they are now, where they want to be. And we talk about, what is the what What do you see as the biggest challenges stopping you from getting there right now? And almost always there's some kind of answer relating to, you know, I, I don't believe in it. You know, I don't believe I'm, mm-hmm. you know, self-confidence, self-belief. Confidence, yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if we don't believe it, you know, if you don't believe in your value if you don't believe in your in the value of your offer if you don't believe in your pricing you know any of the if any of that stuff's going on it's really difficult to you know to to sell and and to to get clients Hmm. and when when there's that sort of stuff going on in your head um so whereas it, the opposite is also true that actually if you if you do have that belief and you believe it's possible and you believe that what you're doing is worth it and that you know what you are doing is of value um then then actually you know there are many many strategies strategies out there that will work for you um so i I, yeah. I genuinely think that the mindset part is absolutely fundamental
0: yeah do you have any kind of tips that you give people that, um, when it comes to their mindset and being confident in themselves and uh, what they're doing do you have any where where does somebody start if they're if they're kind of suffering from these kind of limitations that they're putting on themselves
1: so there's a few things um so that, that range from kind of like little simple exercises that i sometimes give people through to um you know ongoing um support um so um, one exercise, um, that actually, um, my coach gave me a few years ago, um, and was kind of like, oh, um, and people often like really struggle with, but I think it's really helpful is basically to list out, um, I think the original number was 35, but that's just totally, you know, pulled out of a hat, but you know, 35, um, reasons why you're awesome. Like why, you know, what makes you great at what you do? And initially, you know, there's always this like, oh, I can't possibly come up with 35. It's like, no, go away and come up with 35. And like people always do. And um, A, it's a nice exercise because it gets you you know, thinking about this stuff, uh, but also it's quite a nice um, thing to then go back to. So when you are having those moments of like, ugh, you know, I'm rubbish, why am I even doing this? I'm a failure and all this kind of stuff. Um, then, then that can be really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's just like a simple exercise.
0: Sorry, are you gonna say something? No, I, I hear that uh, most of thoughts that people have in general are, are negative thoughts. They're self-talk that they, they're not even noticing uh, that they're saying to themselves. Uh, I've heard that uh, mainly it's uh, negative. So you need to become more aware of what you're actually thinking at any given moment and, and step in and reframe what you're saying to yourself.
1: Yes, I I love that. So I have so another thing um that I do myself and that I often suggest to people, um, and I hate this word, but I've never I've never been able to come up with a better one, is journaling. Mm. I hate the word journaling. But I there's a website called 750words.com. Now of course you can do this in a in a notebook or whatever. Um but um seven hundred and fifty words dot com was actually initially created um for writers, um, because um based on the idea that the first 750 words that you write um as a writer are always going to be rubbish, so you get those out of the way and then and then the kind of creativity starts to flow. So that's that's why it was originally um started this website. But actually I think it's now often used as more of a kind of um, place to journal, just to free write. Um, And the idea is that you literally go every single day and you write your 750 words um, and, you know, no one's ever going to see it or anything like that. Um, But um, I have been doing this now off and on for a year or so. And it's just... I love it. I'm, I'm a bit. I'm a bit fanatical about it. Anyone in my Facebook group knows I'm constantly banging on about 750words.com. But it's one of those things where if you are, if there's stuff going on in your head, and like you said, you know, we there is all this negative talk, and we we are we we really mean to ourselves. Um, you can just get it out, and I think the process of having to either put pen to paper or you know get it or write it down in some way makes you be more logical it makes you untangle all the stuff that's going on in there that just sort of feels heavy and feels horrible and Mm make sense of it and often actually just that process it makes you realize this isn't true this isn't right this no actually that's you know like you know where your your voice is you know your mind is saying you're afraid that you'll never do this as you type it out you kind of go yeah but actually you know this this, and this and it always helps to, to sort of put things in perspective i have like um like a sort of um or um i think like a code red um list well it's kind of like you, you know when you're in that moment of like um feeling really rubbish and really like suffering with like imposter syndrome and like your you know and all of that kind of stuff um the first thing is is to get some perspective and actually you know take a step back and kind of go um you know is this as bad as it feels right now so maybe for example you've just had a launch and you've not made any sales or whatever you know is this as bad as it feels right now and actually taking a step back and really kind of thinking about it i'm trying to remember what the other steps are i um i um I can't remember. I have them written down somewhere. Let me see if I can. Then oh, here we are. Yeah. So th- and then journaling is another one. And actually, then writing it mm. down and getting it out of your head and turning it mm. into something logical um, instead of you know just these awful thoughts about ourselves. Um, another big one is to look for the lesson. And this is someone. You know, it's one of those things that when you're feeling like this, you, the last advice you want to hear is is look for the lesson. But one of my mm-hmm. coaches used to say, look for the gift, and I was like, gift.
0: Okay. Um, but
1: you know. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, when things don't go right, or when we're not feeling—you know—this is all part of the journey. Everyone feels like this. Everyone has things that don't go right. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone's going to have people tell them no. Everyone's going to have—you know—a launch that doesn't go the way they want it to. You know, and when you yeah, look you need at to the, make
0: mistakes and have failures. It's part absolutely. of the process.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. When you look at the people who are—you know—the most successful, um, then you know they're the people who have made the most mistakes they're the people who have failed the most um but they've kept going they t- they've learned from that they've you know tweaked they've impl- you know changed how they've done things and then they've kept going um and you know that's that's the journey to success isn't it so um kind of i feel like i i slightly got off track there <laughs> we were talking about self confidence weren't we but i you know i think it's all related i think um when we can kind of separate ourselves slightly from the from the process um a a big thing is um not seeing um like for example hearing a no from someone as you know as an indication of your own personal success or failure you know um it's so easy that you know like say you've had a discovery call and someone says no to take that as like a personal thing of like oh well that must mean I'm rubbish at this you know oh that must mean I'm you know it's something to do with me um and of course that's you know (laughs) it's so much more complex than that um and and the success or failure of our business anyway is not related to us as you know as people and our success or failure as people um, so, you know, it's, I mean, there's it's a, it's a complex thing, but a big thing as well is of course, mindset isn't the tick, you know, it's not like a tick box. I'm going to do this exercise and then that's my mindset fixed, you know, <laughs> tick, you know, it's ongoing. Um, these are things which will, will happen throughout your business journey. Um, you know, at, at different stages, you're going to, you're going to have mindset stuff going on. So it's about, um, finding tools that are going to help you recognize that that's what it is and and manage it um and I'm a big fan of getting support so you know I work with a coach um, and one of the biggest reasons I work with the is for the mindset stuff having someone to kind of talk it through Mm -hmm. with um and to and to get some perspective
0: Hmm. so there are a lot of um still a lot of things involved in what to do in your uh, business life um even if you've got a a system and some steps and ideas of uh, what to go through to get things uh, going and growing um but if your mindset is right in the first place and you make that a priority of getting in the right frame of mind and uh, and talking to yourself in a in a better way that kind of thing everything else should fall into place
1: yeah i mean i think it's certainly a lot easier like um you know that's not to say you won't you know you might need help with strategy you might need you know you're gonna you might need some support you might need you know it could be like tech help or whatever um but if if that if that mindset stuff isn't there then i think all the other stuff Hmm. you know um you you can have the best strategies in the world you could have you know Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: Got all the strategy you need, but if, if 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 in here you don't believe it and you you know you're you're kind of doubting every step, um, you know, then that, that's you're you're always going to struggle. Um, so um, I think you probably need more than mindset, but if you don't have the mindset, um, mm. a good that's place to start.
0: Common. Yeah, yeah. Um, so about other practical things, uh, do many moms in your community? Have problems with uh, children, for example, another disrupt, uh, family kind of disruptions uh, getting in the way of the business, and uh, do you know of any ways of dealing with that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. Um, so the two biggest issues I would say relating to like being a mom, having kids, um, tend to be time um, and actually um, fitting your business in um what either what happens is um you kind of are missing out on family time because you're just like working on your business the whole time um or you're not getting what you want done in your business because there's so much going on you know you've got all the school runs the kids clubs and all of this kind of stuff so you literally only have you know a couple of hours a week left to work on your business Um, so that's that's one of the problems um, that a lot of mums have and the second one is guilt Um, um, like actually Hmm. getting that right balance between either feeling guilty because you're spending too long in your business and not long, long enough with your kids or feeling guilty because you're letting things slip in your business because you've got your kids to focus on and so kind of Trying to find that sweet spot, almost, um, and also mm. I think it's—I mean—it's uh, around kind of having boundaries and all of this kind of stuff, um, and being really clear on what you actually want um, is is another big one for mums. Um, and I think I think um, it's about <laughs> coming back to simplicity, <laughs> um, keeping things simple, but also like getting really good at um, understanding the time that you have and using it. Really well, so so often I'll work with people, and when we kind of dig into you know how they're sort of managing their working week, it's you know they you know they have this tiny amount of this tiny window of time to do their business, and yet when they sit down, they haven't got a clue what they're going to do with that time. It's just like sit down right, what needs doing, and it's kind of like this constant you know, chasing your tail, whereas, you know, if we kind of implement just a you know a planning session, you know, you know, a monthly planning session, like every Sunday, you know, I, I I I plan I plan quarterly, I plan monthly, and every single Sunday I plan weekly. I will literally have um I've actually got a a, a template of it here. Like um a, like a, a sort of timetable almost where I will block out my week, you know, if I know I've got coaching calls, if I know, you know, Dent, you know, kids' dentist appointments. I get it all in there so that I know exactly how much I, ha- how much time I have, and I can make sure that I am prioritizing the key things um, in that time. Um, so That's that it is That's good. So that, that when, when it's
0: time to do something in particular, you can focus on that, and you don't have to worry or feel guilty about exactly anything else because you, you know that everything else is taken care of, and you know what you're doing in that hour. For 100%. example,
1: yeah. Um, And then when it comes to like the guilt and all of that that comes with it, um, I think it's about, again, going back to the the purpose and the values of your business. So many mums I work with, actually, when you ask them what their sort of reason for setting up a business is, um, usually the kids is in there somewhere as their sort of why for doing this. It's around, well, I wanted something that would allow me to work around my kids. I wanted something that would give me that balance. And yet so often what happens is you know, um, run, running a business tends, you know, ends up being harder than we think it's going to be taking up more and more time. Um, and I mean, I found this myself when I, when I, um, I used to work in, in
0: corporate.
1: Um, and one of the reasons I started my business was because I was traveling all the time. Um, I was, you know, away from home a lot. I was working long hours and I got to the point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. I'm missing my, you know, my kid's, early years. I read that
0: you had an epiphany one day when your son wanted to go to the park. Yes, and yes. And that's where, where it all kind of started.
1: Yeah, it absolutely did. Yeah. So I just um as I say, we I, I was away at least a night a week, um, and I was home late. You know, I would usually get home just in time to say goodnight and, you know, and that would be it. And I remember like one year in particular going to Parents' Evening um, and I didn't even know what my my little boy's teacher looked like because I hadn't done any of the school runs or anything like that and um, we had a child minder who used to send me text messages with pictures of taking them to the park and uh, yeah so then one weekend we were we were walking past the park and the little one said can we go and I was like yes I'm going to take you to the park and we got there and I hadn't sort of twigged the fact that it had been raining and everything was sort of absolutely soaking wet Cause he started crying and like, and I just like, I was just like, oh, I can't even take him to the park. And I just, I remember just going home and 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 talking to my husband, and like just crying and saying, I can't keep doing this. Um and um and and yeah, I I, I handed in my notice two weeks later, um after some 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 big conversations with 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 hubby and and you know and and my parents and you know sort of working out if I was really going to be brave enough to do this and i've never looked back i mean you know i would be lying if i said this has been an easy journey it hasn't you know it's you know running your own business is is a, is a roller coaster isn't it but um i i don't i don't regret it i don't regret it and um and it, you know and so often as i say this is the case with mums and and what happens is you start this business and you know you do have to put work into it um and there is a way to do it and have that balance but it takes being really purposeful about it and and, and being really kind of organized about it and and actually sort of thinking sometimes like things, for example, things like working at the weekend, right? So um, there's this whole thing where like, well, I'm going to keep my weekend sacred. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, that's for the kids. And sometimes that's great. And sometimes, you know, it's cool to work at the weekends and that's fine too. And it's about, Mm -hmm. you know, getting those boundaries right for yourself. And, um, Coming back to them and and making sure, like you know, if this isn't working, if I'm feeling really stressed out and I ha- and I feel like I'm not getting enough time with the kids, then what what can I do? And actually making sure that you're always sort of sense checking, um, you know, what's going on in your business and and um, you know if 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 your decisions are in line with with that core purpose with that core you know actually the reason i started this business was to have this balance if i do this is that going to help me achieve that balance or is this you know is this kind of distracting me from it you know um so i think it's definitely doable it's definitely doable but it does take you know some purposeful kind of thinking and planning around it
0: Mm. and giving it a bit of time as well no doubt
1: yeah, like and sometimes making those tough decisions between um you know, do I grow faster and sacrifice some of that time? Um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and you know, it means for the next 6 months I am going to have less family time or do I accept that actually this is going to take me a bit longer, but that's that's fine because actually, to me, this family time is more important. And you know, and there's no right or wrong. You know, it's about, you know, what you want, what's best for you, what's best for your family. Um, um, But again, I think so often we kind of go into business, and we get so caught up in the day to day, that we don't necessarily even think about making that decision. Um, we just do. We just are. We're just busy. And we haven't ever actually thought about, is this what I want? Is this how I want to do it? Whereas if we could at least take the step back and kind of go, well, which is more important to me right now? And, you know, is it actually, yeah, I want to I want to really go for this for the next six months because that's going to mean that X, Y, Z. And then I can have, you know, have this family time or actually is it more important that I take longer um, and, you know, and kind of um, sort of spread things out a bit more?
0: And uh, you also talk about keeping things light and fun in your business, um, like building habits and incorporate but incorporating not taking things too seriously, basically.
1: Yeah. So um, I think and maybe this comes from my corporate background. You know, and I, like I was thirteen years um, working um, in you know in corporate. Uh, not to say that we never had fun. We did. Um, but I think one of the the kind of joys of having your own business is you get to do it your way. Um, and um, I I actually like, and also I think this really helps to sometimes take the heaviness out of it. You know, when you have got that kind of really heavy feeling um, is, you know, when you like, almost like, I mean, even like making money, you know, you can almost see it as a game. Um, you know, it's kind of like, how can I... well. You know, Mm -hmm. we only have one life and I Mm -hmm. want to enjoy mine and I don't want it to be a case of, you know, sometimes when you're in corporate, when you're in that sort of, you know, career ladder and all of that kind of stuff, it becomes almost well, it's the whole, it's like the working to live, you know, you know, and all this kind of thing. And you can, you can Mm -hmm. end up just living for the weekend, living for the time off. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I want to enjoy all of my time. I want to enjoy my work and I want to enjoy my, my, you know, my free time and, you know, I want it to all be fun. Um, and you know, the beauty of having your own business is that you can do that. Um, and, um, you know i love being creative i i love um i love writing you know and so i have sort of built my business around doing the things and yes there will always be things that are less fun i'm not a big fan of doing my accounts but i still have to do them you know um mm-hmm. there was there will always be things yeah, that are less fun it's a small price to pay though yeah absolutely but you can definitely build a business based around um the stuff that you find fun and and you can you know experiment. i love you know um a big part of business um can often be experimenting and trying new things you know that tends to be um i think there's a there's a statistic i heard very recently around um they did um a poll of all, like m- like multimillionaires um to sort of see if there were any um kind of recurring traits you know that could be um, and one of them was was risk taking um and i think risk taking sounds quite scary but actually, when you think of it more in terms of kind of experimenting, and you know, I like to sometimes think of it—you almost like a scientist, you know—and and also that helps you to kind of separate yourself from the result, you know, and to sort of hold it all a bit more lightly. It's like I'm going to try this, and I'm going to see what happens, and it might work, and it might not work, but either way, then I'll know, and then you know that I'm further on, and I've learned something about you know what I can do and what you know what I should do what I shouldn't do in my business so you know when it comes to like marketing different types of content you know I always love trying lots of different approaches and some fall flat um and that's fine and some like surprise me by doing you know I didn't think they'd do so well and they suddenly you know do really really well um but it's fun and when you can when you can see it as fun um it kind of takes the sort of scariness out of it I think (laughs)
0: yeah it's a very creative thing being a, uh, owning your own business and there's lots of fun to be had
1: yeah <laughs> yes i mean i guess it comes back to mindset as well isn't it like when you can see something as fun instead yeah. you know then it, it kind of totally changes your outlook on it and, and and the way you approach it
0: definitely so is there anything else that you'd like to add to what we've said so far
1: um no, I think like if if you if you know who if someone's watching or or listening to this and and who um is in business or thinking about starting a business um then um I, you know I I truly believe anyone can. Um I really do. I don't think I I don't think you need. I remember thinking the very first time I thought about having my own business was after my first little boy was born and I was desperately trying to think of a way to not have to go back to work after my maternity leave. And I remember thinking, maybe I could start a business from home and then immediately shutting it down by telling myself, you can't do that, mm. Colette. You don't have any business mm. qualifications. You're not the kind of person who would who would be able to do that. And, you know, um, that was what, nearly 13 years ago now. And um, I, you know, I now realize what a load of old baloney that was. And that You know, you know, genuinely anyone can. Like if you have the passion, if you have the you know, it is it takes determination. It takes, uh, you know, a bit of risk taking, but if you want to, and you're, you know, you have the passion for it, you absolutely can. Um, so I guess that would be a a good way to, to round it up. Makes
0: sense. Makes a lot of sense. And, um, I want to ask you another question for firstly, what's the, um, what's the one best place online where people, People can find out more about you and what you do, your your Facebook community. And uh, I think you've got a, a free discovery call that you do for people if they'd like to talk to you about anything.
1: Yes, I do. Yes. So um, best place to find me, probably my Facebook group. So my Facebook group is called Fully Booked Mums um and uh it's about 900 and something um mainly mums in there not all mums um and it's a really lovely um fun community to be in it's very supportive um so if yeah if if you're looking for a place to sort of hang out with other business mums we have weekly workshops weekly guest lives um g and t q and a's and fun stuff like that um so do come and join us there um and then yes i do offer um 60 minute um strategy calls um for anyone um who wants a bit of support with their business um usually the way it goes is we will um look at what's going on right now you know what um made you book the call um you know what, what you're kind of looking for help with we'll look at where you want to be what your goals are identify any kind of key things stopping you get get getting there um, and then you'll come away with some sort of next steps to focus on Um, usually in those calls as well if I think my coaching can help you I will I will tell you and I'll ask you if you want to know more about it um, at which point um, people can say yes or no um, but either way you come away with, 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 with some next steps um, and, and often a lot of clarity because often this mm. is stuff again it sort of buzzes around in your head and you know things aren't quite right but you're not quite sure why or what's going on um, so this call is about kind of digging into that so that you kind of understand what's actually happening and what you can do to kind mm. of move past that.
0: Yeah that sounds good in itself just a, a free call no matter whatever the whether it leads to anything or not is it's just uh, good to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about
1: That is it and I you know I love you know I love talking to people as well it's really helpful people often say god you know why are you giving away free 60 minute calls or whatever but actually um it's really helpful for me too because I mm. you know it helps me really understand um you know who, what people are struggling with and you know that helps me then you know create offers and 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 content mm. that that's going to be relevant and helpful
0: And this is uh, the question that I've started asking every guest now. What's the most important thing to do or be for freelancing success?
1: The most important thing to do or be? The most important thing, I think, is just to do, to to take action. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so often we put things off we get stuck because we feel like it's not ready we're not ready you know i'm not this yet i'm you know i'm not enough this i'm not enough that this isn't you know and so we wait and wait and wait and wait and so i think the bo- the most important thing is take action even if you're not sure on the idea yet even if you're not sure you're ready yet take action because that's the best way to uh, to actually move forwards
0: just action get on with it
1: mm. yeah <laughs> get on with it yeah
0: <laughs> okay uh, thanks again for joining us Colette it's been a pleasure
1: thank you for having me it's been great fun